Hi, this is Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Callie McQuain. She is a veterinarian and grad student at the University of Georgia. Callie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, people in the poultry industry know that coccidiosis and necrotic enteritis pretty much go hand in hand. Now, it was always my understanding that if birds got coccidiosis, they were simply more susceptible to necrotic enteritis. Your work shows that there might actually might be some other interaction between these two pathogens or two diseases. Basically, my research, what I was trying to do is out in the field, we know that Imeria maxima has been known to be the number one coccidia species that has mm -hmm. led to necrotic enteritis with clustering perfringens as well. And so we were trying to make it publishable so that we have a research paper out there that shows and proves that Maxima is the number one coccidia species that leads to necrotic enteritis. And so that was kind of our meaning behind the whole entire research project and looking at the interactions there and seeing what we could find. But what, I mean, it seems like they're sort of perfect partners in crime, almost like Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, they, they just go together and they, they do a lot of damage. Um, what is it about Imeria, which is, is a parasite, and necrotic enteritis, which is caused by a bacterium, they're kind of an odd couple. It is, but the reason why Clostridium perfringens grows and interacts so much is because there's some kind of damage there to the intestinal mucus or mm -hmm. mucosa. And so what coccidia pretty much does, it goes into the epithelial cells of the villi mm -hmm. and it causes the damage. And so you got the whole cytokine response going on, which produces the mucus and that's lining the whole entire intestinal mucosa there. And then you've got your Clostridium perfringens that's more or less already part of the gut flora. Mm -hmm. And so they've got their perfect little storm there with the cytokines, the mucus, and they just start exponentially growing. And as they're growing, that's when the toxins produce, it causes even more damage, and that's where the whole entire necrotic enteritis comes in at. So. Now I'm sure a lot of veterinarians and producers in our audience would be nodding their head right now saying, yep, <laughs> Maxima, it's the worst one and it does cause more necrotic enteritis. Um, why is it so important for you to document this in a paper? Is there some question about it? No, there's not really any question, but I know that whenever anybody else is writing or people are asking, I know it's just nice to go back and have a, a paper where you can say, oh yes, look at here. We've got research and we've got data showing that Maxima is the number one cause, not just based upon field knowledge, which everybody right. already so knows we're the moving field from knowledge, so it's just saying, to real this is scientific true, data. we're going to make sure okay. and double check, and I know it's been done in the past, um, some other MAMs I think have had this project before, but it's never became published, mm -hmm. so that was one thing that the clinicians got onto me and like, Hallie, we've got to get this published, so kind of fell into my lap and I've enjoyed it the whole entire way. So Now the poultry industry is going through a lot of changes in production right now. Uh, many producers are backing off antibiotics, either reducing them or eliminating them altogether. Um, that's not necessarily, it might be good for marketing, but it's not necessarily good for managing necrotic enteritis, is it? Yes, the antibiotics that we used to use could decrease the mortality and decrease some of the necrotic enteritis from becoming so severe. And so now that we've gone basically antibiotic free, it's gotten harder and harder to try and find ways around it. So we're looking more at prevention, preventing the coxie from damaging the gut, preventing 
any kind of damage to the gut just to try and prevent necrotic enteritis from occurring, whether than having that antibiotics there to stop it and try and reduce the mortality that you see out in the field due to necrotic enteritis. And what are you finding in your research? I mean, it sounds like a simple objective. Well, we got to prevent the coccidiosis, but it's the number one disease in the poultry industry. We've been trying for, for decades, as long as we've been raising poultry, to prevent this disease. So it's easier said than done. I mean, there's, we've got to find ways to try and prevent it as much as possible. But with my research, it's just more we were orally gavaging these birds with oocysts that we've already mm -hmm. had. So we weren't really trying to prevent anything from occurring, but we were just trying to see the effects of Clostridium plus each of these five strains of Coccidia and seeing which one does cause the most gross necrotic lesions and causes subclinical necrotic enteritis lesions as well, or just subclinical necrotic enteritis effects. So. In flocks where you are holding back on the antibiotics, or as I say, maybe even eliminating them altogether, uh, when enteritis does rear its ugly head, what can you do to minimize mortality? Because it becomes a welfare issue as well, doesn't it? Usually, it just depends on the amount of mortality as well. What I have seen in the field is we just try and pick up mortality as much as possible, trying to get some of that clostridium out of the ground. And we also recommend doing a citric acid or some kind of um, acidity in the water system, just trying to decrease the pH so that the clostridium will not grow as fast. But at the same time, when you've got high mortality growing out in the fields, you don't want to see those birds suffering. So this is where you go into the welfare balance of, well, it's probably better welfare to use antibiotics. Um, so that's what each vet out in the field is actually having to deal with and work with. So what's the next step in your research? Next step might be to do for a longer time period, because it was only from zero to 28 days, um, where we use the Imeria Necatrix strain as well. And Imeria Necatrix is known to be a problem later on in life, about six weeks. So we might want to prolong it a little bit, um, but we'll have to just wait and see what happens. Well, I wish you luck with your research, and I know the uh, industry appreciates all that you're doing. We've been talking to Callie McQueen. She is a veterinarian and grad student at the University of Georgia. Callie, thank you again. Thank you.